0: Well, good morning to each of you. Um, we're going to continue the story here. Um, by the way, I just want to publicly thank um, Pastor uh, Surrendering this pulpit. I don't look at it lightly. I don't treat it lightly. And sometimes, whenever I'm before God's people, honestly, I, I feel like I have God's undivided attention. He reminds me, they're, you're his sheep. They're, you're not mine. And that... Um, we can't be wasting our time here. And here's the deal. I want to draw your hearts to the Lord Jesus. If I can somehow infuse hope and a vision in greater measure than what you already have, then I'll feel like our time was well spent. So my, my heart's desire is to draw your heart to his and be preoccupied with his testimony amongst the nations. Um, and, and Jeremy, 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 Jeremy. A tremendous setting this up, um, accommodating Stephen and Candice with a wonderful meal last night. Thank you for making me feel so welcome. I, I, uh, again, my dear wife. My wife is a sparky, sanguine. She she loves people. She loves life. She she really enjoys. But uh, she she's out in California just for a time being now. As we read from Psalm sixty-seven. Where the scripture says this, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his shine, make his face to shine upon us, that your way may be made known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. And that is what I want to continue to share here about the Persodia people. Now I, I shared the first half of the story and I'm going to try to give you a snapshot uh, to continue the storyline here so uh, the rest of what I'm going to say will make some sense but before I do how about if we commit our time to the Lord here Lord I just thank you for the privilege to be with my brothers and sisters thank you for even the testimonies that's going on at campus here and young people being raised up for you wow Lord you're you're incredibly incredibly good kind And just the way that you work in so many diverse situations, we give you and you alone the glory and power. I pray you'll help us to use the most of our time here. Thank you for this slice of opportunity. In your good name, amen. Okay, so the Besodio people lived in the country of Papua New Guinea. And um, when we... oh let me... That's not going to happen if this is not in there. Let me get that like that. This is how we found the Basodias when we first came across them. Um, They were living very remote. Um, We actually had been asked by the government to go in there. super hard to get into. It was only accessed by river. And um, they were... Sorry, am I doing something wrong there? Okay. Testing, one, two, three, testing. Okay, there we go. the government had asked us to go in there and we had some some, friend, some of the mission leaders were friends with government people and so we, we had a chance to go in there and uh, a golden opportunity. Previously unreached, uncontacted, and um, you know what? There was back in the 60s some that contacted them in this regard. You know what they were? They were mining people looking for silver from Australia back in the 60s. It's interesting where people will go for money, where they'll go for money, but how about the souls of men? Here's how I look at it. When you invest in people, you're investing in that which will last for eternity. There's one thing that the Lord Jesus is coming back for, and that's people. He's not coming back for anything else. He's not coming back for iPhone 8s. He's not coming back for Mac computers, Dell computers. He's not coming back for these big screen TVs, and they're not wrong to have, please. I got, I, got a, I got an iPhone. But that's not what he's coming back for. He's coming back for people. People like this. Image bearers. Those that the Lord loved, they're image of God bearers. And I'll, I'll never forget the first time I met the first Basodio. I can remember seeing his face, Tabo, his face is right there, right there. I can see it like it was yesterday, and I can remember as though the Lord said to me, George, you are looking at someone who was created in my image, and he is to be treated with dignity and respect, even though he's lost. That was burned into my conscience, something that the Lord keeps bringing back to my mind over and over and over again. And so there we were, we were actually in this little village, in the middle of nowhere, no roads, no towns, no electricity, absolutely nothing, even remotely close. And yet there they were, tucked back in all these mountainous areas that the Lord had given us the privilege to go in there. But when we went in there, we had a problem. Yaka medani dabagai eba I just asked you, please stop staring at me. Okay, so there we are. The language is unknown, unwritten. How do you go about it? That's why we have the training. So we can present a clear gospel. And use the full range of their God-given language to do so. And we're not just running around handing out tickets to heaven either. We're not just doing converts. Disciples. Once they come to Christ, to see them go on to maturation and reproduce. It's about making disciples. And I remember being, the Lord's given me the privilege to also minister in 12 different countries, helping other agencies to know, how do I minister at a worldview level? How do you do that? Language, culture, analyzing the worldview. And I was sharing over in Europe, in Albania, with a bunch of missionaries from Europe. And they said, man, George, that sounds like that's going to take time. It is going to take time. Guys, come on, wait, 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 wait. It's called loving people. Loving people. How much time does God take with you? How much time does he take with me? Well, why, why, why would we do less for them? Doing life with them. In the weeds with them. Weeping when they weep. Laughing when they laugh to where you're able, you know them so well, you're able to predict how they're going to be interpreting what you're about to present. Fluent, not just in language, and not just in culture, but in worldview. The way that they're understanding reality. And so that's why we do take time in trying to train others. Stephen and Candice, Tim and Brenda, they can go anywhere they want, and they are going to learn that language and culture. They've been trained to do so. And it's not just the training, it's certainly not a substitute For the Holy Spirit, obviously. I mean, we're not saying training. But there are some simple things that people need to know before they can go and communicate the Gospels. And it's all doable. High school education. Didn't come to the Lord until after high school. I was in my late teens, starting college. I was a buffoon. I was a moron, an idiot. I graduated the class clown. Nothing wrong with laughter. I like a good laugh. I still like a good laugh, even as a Christian. Man, there was a big L on my head going out of high school until the Lord Jesus got a hold of my life. Southern New Jersey. Apple orchards, peach orchards, blueberry farms, country bumpkin. I didn't know much. Johnny Average. Why am I saying that? Don't don't let yourself talk yourself out of it if the Lord is calling you to something. He delights in using the weak and the foolish. And he will meet you, not in the absence, but in the midst of your not-enoughness. You feel the weight of your not-enoughness. I'll tell you what, there's where he wants to be your sufficiency. Man, does that take the pressure off? You don't have to be Johnny Answer Man. You have Johnny No Needs. I need the Lord 24-7, 365. I don't, I'm not taking any spiritual coffee breaks as though I don't need the Holy Spirit. And he's not trying to work himself out of a job. And so as we lived with the Basodios, we saw they were down inside of warfare and killing one another. Look, you listen to National Geographic Discovery Channel, you might think it's Disneyland. As though they're just sitting under coconut trees and just enjoying life. Please, go live with them for 20 years. And I'm not just talking about there. I've been all over the place same story let let the people speak let them speak up easy to you know make cameo cameo appearances so we talked in the first hour how we learned that language and culture and then we unfolded the scriptures beginning in Genesis and showing man's lostness and yet the hope of the promised redeemer and we went through that the in the first hour and we took 24 24 weeks, actually. Just slowly, we're having like a a village conversation. And as they came to Christ, as the Old Testament did its work in preparing them for the message of the New Testament, of the Lord Jesus, man, the love of God, I'm telling you guys, bowled them over. It caught them off guard. That That God would actually not only hold them accountable, but send his son to be the sacrifice. They weren't ready for it. But man, did they fall in love with Jesus, and they didn't let any grass grow under their feet. As the Bible was presented, and as it came, it made a radical difference, a radical difference in their life. And this is a picture of some of the leaders that are already current, and some that they're discipling. And when they came to Christ, and I, hey, who was learning? I was learning. The power of God. Man, the power. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Man, and here's the thing. If if you're not hungry for it, okay, but God's not going to quit. God's not going to give up on people. But man, when this blinding light of the gospel came in there, overwhelmed the Besodius through truth. It wasn't my message. Man, we had a chance to brag about the Lord. The one who's self-giving, self-emptying, Pouring himself out for others. And now he's going to take disciples and help them to know how to live for others. And they're going to go and do likewise. So we started seeing, like, as the Basodios Basodios started living. Here's a picture. I don't know how well you can see that. But they're sitting around the house. There's a small child there, another small child, who are hearing animistic stories. But now with the translated scriptures... Now mom and dad are sitting around and the kids are hearing God's truth. Not the stories that were holding them in fear, in bondage. Um, yeah, again, there is some stuff that we, that we were exposed to. I wouldn't even share it in a public meeting. But you don't have to go to New Guinea. That's not to say anything about them. They would say it themselves. I mean, we could talk about it right here in Missouri. We could talk about it right here and even our own hearts, the neediness of our own hearts, if we're really honest. It's not, like, it's not like, well, Jesus had to die for me. But man, did he have to die for them? You know, we're not talking about that. Everyone is leveled. Everyone is leveled at the cross. And so now, as these little ones, man, they're growing up hearing about God's word. They are reaching the next generation. They're not only going horizontal, but they're going vertical, the generation that's coming behind. This is a way of life. They didn't, that, they didn't just pose for like a newsletter. This is as common as as common can be. And so the Besodios, as we said, here's some of the leaders. There is not a square inch, not a square inch where the gospel has not gone in their territory. Not a square inch. But they didn't stop there. They didn't stop there. They went and um, helped reach the Nadu's. It's a different language group. But the Inatus were arch enemies. The first thing the Basodios wanted to do, tell the Inatus. Let's see that missionaries can go get in there. So the Basodios actually went on surveys with the missionaries who were exploring, where else can we take the gospel? They went in there and helped build the houses of the missionaries of their arch enemies. How arch enemies? Some of the Basodios' grandfathers were eaten by the Inatus. And yet the love of Christ, renewing their minds, having a different perspective on life, on people. They went to Malamata. Malamata is another neighboring tribe. Some of the Basodios are actually fluent in Malamata. It would be like Spanish and Portuguese. And they went up there and helped missionaries in evangelistic efforts, in discipling efforts, in literacy efforts. There were a couple of Basodios that were even fluent in the language of Hewa, a seven-day hike away. No Uber service. No Starbucks cafes along the way. No sidewalks. Walking over rough, rugged mountainous terrain. Seven days by foot. And I'm talking about mountain mountains. Because they had a message. They went up there. And they took their time with the Hewa people. And they taught as they were taught, starting in Genesis. And led those Hewa, a group of Hewa people for the Lord. Later, missionaries got in there. Um, but, the, but the Basodios continued to stay in touch with them as well. Okay, the Bagwido people. A different language group again. I get a letter from one of the missionaries who eventually gets allocated amongst the Bogwido people. He says, George... You're never going to guess why the Baguido people wanted a missionary. He says, here's what I say. So he wrote me an email. Because they have seen the changed lives in the Basodios. Isn't that awesome? They notice a difference in the lives of the Basodios. And it has created a hunger in them. Just like Pastor was saying. Man, being that, being that light that attracts people. Making disciples. Like living, doing life, just doing life, walking with the Lord Jesus. Yeah, a worshiper of Jesus, someone that actually has fallen in love. Look, they have fallen in love, not with the idea of Jesus, but with the living person of Christ, the living Jesus. Not an idea, not just a doctrine, although they know it. You should hear these guys teach your Bibles. These guys know their Bibles. They know their Bibles. I wish they could be here to teach you. But they live their Bibles. That's the more important thing. They not only know the Word of God, they know the God of the Word. And it's made a huge difference. We went on, one of our first outreaches was to Bee, way out in the mountains, way out in the middle of nowhere. Guys were coming in from all over. Here's the deal. After we gave them the Gospel, we kept pulling the story forward and we started teaching them the book of Acts. So as we taught them the book of Acts, now they're getting stirred up even more. We stopped in the middle of teaching the book of Acts and went and did this major outreach. It was just the Spirit of God taking truth and the motto of that first church for them to to see that. And so we went and did it. So we get out of this little hamlet site and man, there's, there's this little building that they had People start coming in. Now, you've got to imagine, there was 30 of us that went. There was, it may not sound like a lot, but when they're coming in from these hammocks, there was like 60 of these tribal people that were just coming from these little hamlets. It's just a little. How many sheep did the Lord go after? After keeping the 99? How many did he go after? Man, he went after one. And so now these guys are coming. We had to have like, you, you can't appreciate this picture, but we had an instant church like extension building project where we had to make this building bigger to get everybody in there. These guys were coming in from all over to hear this God's talk because of the Pisodias. This is to their relatives to tell them about this God of the Bible and this good news about forgiveness of sin and eternal life. Then my lay, okay, you got got 100 people plus on this little hamlet. It's only made to hold two families, The food quest is on. I don't know if you can appreciate his feet there, but they're all torn up. Miley is now one of our pastors, and he hikes all over the place. Hikes all over the place, not only evangelistically, but to disciple others. Well, he was on this trip, on this outreach. The food quest was on. There wasn't enough food for everybody. So the believers who went, they, they were doing without food just crumbs, so that the 60 that had come from all over, two and three days walk away to this little hamlet site, could have the food from the gardens, and it would stave off the hunger pangs. They didn't want hunger to be a distraction. So the believer said, let them eat. Their, their, Their stomachs will be full. And then they can listen to God's word. So, while we're there on this trip, we're also, we're still at the time, we were still working on translating the scriptures, and so my coworker Bob, is working with Miley, and he recorded Miley's prayer during this time when there wasn't enough food. Miley, of course, is going without food, hardly any. He says, Lord, we don't have a lot of food here, and it's hard, but please, cause what little food we have to be sufficient for us. Make it feel like a lot in our stomachs. We didn't come here to eat, Lord, but we came to tell those who've never heard so that they too might have a chance to believe on Christ. Lord, please, cause the little we have to be sufficient for us so that we can keep going. And listen to us, we, you know, we, we get home after church, oh man, the roast is burnt or something like this while it's in the oven or whatever. It's just like, man, I'm thinking, Lord, who should be discipling who here? As these guys are down in the weeds of life, trying to see their fellow Basodios come to the Lord, and many of them on this trip did come to the Lord. This guy here, Monawa, here at Tabibi, you can make out this this frail skeleton of a guy. He was sick, old, and yet he came to Christ. He was carried in a string net bag for three days to get to this location. Now imagine that. Putin, another Basodio, carried him up and down mountains, a believer, carried this old man who didn't know about Christ in a bag like a potato to get him there to hear the good news. The old man didn't know what he was going to hear, but when he did hear, he believed in Christ. I'm thinking, you've got to be kidding me. Bagabi, that guy that's getting baptized there, he was like one of the biggest shamans. And he came to Christ. The power of God. Let the peoples rejoice. Well, that, that that presupposes they have something to rejoice about, and the good news is the good news. What other news is, what other news is there? Tsudowama. So the Bisodios, he again, he's like our apostle Paul. Tsudowama. Over the years, he has been discipling others. He's the one that's helped plant these other churches. But he disciples others. They go with. They go with. Suffering, these guys suffer boils, um, sicknesses, malaria, tuberculosis. I've seen him filled with boils, and the next one I'm going to show you now, filled with boils, losing weight, and yet they're still pushing. Grabbing a cane, still pushing, still pushing, still pushing up, up the hills. And he was on a trip where his son fell down, broke his arm in the jungle. He said, I didn't know what to do. I just pulled it like this, put a couple sticks around it, and tied the jungle vine around it. I didn't know what to do. But he did it and kept going. And so the people were saying, Listen, you're doing too much. Too much running around the mountains. Too much. Take a break. Settle down. You don't need to be doing all this God's work right now. Settle down. You know what his response was? This isn't heaven. We'll have plenty of time to rest later. For now, we are to be about doing what the Lord has called us to do until he comes again. You'll have your chance to get your break. You'll get your break. But now's not the time. Guys, people need to hear the gospel, but not only that, to grow in the gospel. And that's why my friend Namolia, another pastor, I wish you could be around these guys. These are mature, godly individuals. Namolia writes writes me a letter. He sends me an email from New Guinea while I'm stateside. He sent it through my coworker, And he says, Brother George, how are you doing? Are you well? As for me, I am not well. I have, I have been defecating blood for two months. And now I have not been well at all because I have very large boils on my back. I was going to show you a picture. I thought, no need to gross people out. The boil was like this. And it was from tuberculosis. And so he was a hurting. He was hurting. But he goes on and says this. Oh, how I long to do God's work, but I am not yet able. It is as though I'm about to die. But in the manner in which God strengthens me, I am enduring. When I am well, I will again look after his churches. I have no desire at all to turn my back on God because of these sores that I have. Oh, in obeying his word as he desires, whenever I think of the desire to do his work well, I feel like weeping in my heart because I so long to do it. If I were well and did not have these various sores and pain in doing God's work, I would travel to the churches at Hanamada, Wulifa, Alibawa, Bage, Balai Malamata, and go as far as Hina. The desire just to serve, to make sure God's people are doing okay. Who's struggling? Who needs encouragement? Who needs affirmation that they're doing well and can help others? True shepherds. True shepherds. Like Jesus actually means something to them more than just a ticket to heaven. Man, that He is our life. The Lord of our life. And these guys are living it. So he gets healed later. Okay, he gets healed. We're able to get some tuberculosis medicine, give him the shots, and man, that thing clears up. He's ready to hit the trails again. Let me show you where Hina is. Hina was an outreach from a church plant in Malamata. He lives down at Balaibaga. So for him to go and help, he said, this is a young church at Malamata. They're trying to do an outreach after giving the gospel to the people of their language group. Now, Molia happens to be fluent in that language as well. He said, I'll go. And we said, okay, well, make sure you are going to disciple someone. They're always training on the job. They're not working by themselves. When these guys go around, they have three, four, five, six guys that are watching what they're doing. And they're passing the baton. They're training in action. And so he's got to go to get the Hina. He's got to go over these mountains. That's going to be four days for him. Again, no Uber service. No taxi cab, no Am, Amtrak or anything like that. There's none of that to go after this. So when I'm stateside at this time, when this goes down, but my coworkers in Malamata. So on the way to Hina, now one of you stops by. My coworker Bob there. He says this in an email to me, back writing me back to this, in the states where I'm at in Missouri, George. <clears throat> Greetings from Malamata. I'm here with Naumolia right now. As per our talk in Bistodio and later here, it's time to go to Hina for post-gospel teaching. Naumolia said he would go and we had encouraged him to bring someone to disciple. Well, he showed up with 13 people. I'll give you the names. Look what's happening. Here's the principle. Show me your faith without works and I will show you my faith by my works. By my works. We're talking about the living Christ. Okay. Since being there all those years, I have gone back, by God's grace, every single... Like, when we left, we left in 96. Was it 96? Yeah. And then... Ten years in a row, every single year, I kept circling back, see how the church is doing, see how the church is doing, see how the church is doing. Now I go every other year. Well, a little while ago, that my last visit, just a couple years ago, my co-worker Bob and I are heading back to Bisodio. So again, they're meeting us at the shore as we're taken back. Old Testament portions now of Scripture, and we bound it in a volume, and then we're going to put it all together. But we wanted to get more Old Testament Scriptures to them ASAP, so we bound it together. And they're super excited to get even more of God's Word in their own mother tongue. So they know we're bringing bringing Bibles, and they're going to celebrate. They're going to celebrate to have more of God's Word in their language. So here we are, coming in by river. We had another co-worker with us, Jack. And so they meet us at the shore, and they take us 37 years back to 1978 when we first met them. And so here we are, and they're meeting us here. They're dressed in their garb. I'm thinking, what happened? They're in their traditional garb, and they're meeting us at the boats like this. And we're thinking, wait, what's going on? They did it all on purpose. They grabbed us out of the boats, my co-worker Bob and I, and they carried us on their shoulders and put us in the center, and then... And they said this, we're doing this so that you never forget how you found us before Christ let it burn into your conscience. This is how you found us. Don't you ever forget. I'll tell you what, blew us away. So they're really excited now, okay? So we get the Bibles. We had the Bibles in these two big, uh, what do you call them, like these two big lockers, footlocker things. You know, we had all these Bibles. We had to carry them about a quarter mile to this house they had. We go there, and there's more celebrations. Now, think about it. How many versions in English are there? Please. Like, we really need another version? They have one. But they're happy about it and they are rejoicing. Okay, more of God's word. These guys are super excited. They're not just doing this for show. This is huge in their history. This is a big deal. And now they're rejoicing that God's word's coming. So we, okay, so we get the Bibles there, we sleep for the night, and they have this whole ceremony planned that we're going to celebrate, and we're going to celebrate big time. So they said, tomorrow morning, we're going to put some of the Bibles in a string net bag, and you and Bob got to carry it on a pole all by yourselves and you got to take it to the ceremonial place where we've uh, created and made so that we can meet at this one place and celebrate together. What's the, what does the scripture say? Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. Man, sing for joy. Man, some of us, I mean, I don't know. I know some of us can be struggling at all levels. So, you know, what's so happy about or what's there to rejoice in? I challenge the students sometimes, and it's a good challenge for all of us. We will be on the internet for hours on end. And then think about, like is anybody reading the post? Posted comments in the Bible? Any, anybody visiting that blog? I mean, really? And then seeing, so what's the so what of all that? Well, the, when, when we gathered here, we, all, they, we were, were up in this little place that they made, and everybody gathered around, and they said, let's review our history together. Let's go back to the beginning and how where God met us as we were and how we came to Christ. And so it was Remember. You know what, guys? And I'm not just making this up. There's something I've learned through this experience. You know what I would say is a banner over the Basodio people? Gratitude. Gratitude. Thankfulness. Man, thankfulness for Jesus, for the word of God in their own language, for light to be set free. Again, not just praise God for eternity. Of course, of course. But how about the now life? How about the now life where he continues to set us free? And so, Namolia, he spoke after this time of remembrance. It was awesome, just remembering history together as a people. And my coworker and I, we were kind of tag teaming back and forth, and people were chiming, chiming in, recalling the past and the joy of coming to Christ. <laughs> That's one of our pastors, actually. And again, they're in their traditional garb only for this. That's not how they're normally dressing now. But he's saying, we were deceived. We were deceived by Satan. He was trying to take us to the place of destruction where he's going. And so here we were pinned down. With demonic oppression, shamanic practices, killing people. And he, he talked about sacrifices and rituals and incantations, worship and created things. Why were we worshiping and creating things? We were in darkness until God inserted Himself into our history and helped us to find out about the Lord Jesus, too. God came to our rescue to set us free. From the grasp of Satan, setting us free. So that man, there was a time, now it was time to hand out the Bibles to different leaders as we called them up. And you know what? I want to put this here. You see that guy in the red? That's Jack Housley, him and his wife, Jack and Janie. You know what? They didn't learn the Basodia language. That wasn't their job. They did our supply runs. Somebody's got to do the supply runs, right? In a situation like this, you'll, you'll never get anything done if you don't have someone helping and you know his attitude in the beginning he helped build our house he helped build other people's houses over his first five years he built 14 different homes helping other works him and his wife man i'll tell you what unbelievable and yet this is part of his fruit too this is part of his labors. we said jack we want you here he helped baptize some of the psorias why shouldn't he he was part of running our supplies. And he showing and demonstrated the love of Christ. In fact, his house post was still standing. And the Basodio said, Jack, Jack, look, every house is down but yours. And there's one little post still left over. So Jack snapped a picture of it. Handing out these scriptures, man, rejoicing together. Not only that they came to Christ, but they continued to grow in him. And there's Sewa. And hugging my coworker Bob and then his wife China comes in and I captured this picture when Sina got her scriptures and it reminded me of Psalm one nineteen one sixty two. I rejoice at your word. Like one who finds great spoil. And not the latest YouTube. And that's fine. We can do YouTube. The latest this, the latest that. Ah, but the word of God. I mean what happened? What happened? The word of God being embraced, being understood, being walked in with a living, ascendant Lord Jesus Christ, who really is Lord. And we really do belong to him. We really aren't our own. Bill Amai, a dear friend of ours, my wife and I, her husband was like my best friend. And she's a widow now. Her husband was like my language helper. He, Yeah, just a tremendous, tremendous friend. But she says, George, look at my face. <laughs> so I, she said, take a picture. So I took a picture. She said, don't you see? He has rescued from the domain of darkness. She had that side of her face painted. And he's transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. We're in the light now. And it's all because of Calvary. Man, again, this this lady serves the church as a widow, humble, godly. She has discipled her kids. One of her kids is an upcoming pastor, being trained, according to 1 Timothy 3 and Titus. Odea comes up. He's one of our deacons. He says, hey, there's 52 more literates. Now, why would that be important? Because we're going to read the scriptures. Now they're in their normal garb in church. Like the scripture says, be diligent. Be diligent, not lackluster. The scripture also says, he who is lazy is brother to him who destroys. It's not neutral for any of us. I was lazy. I had to bring that under judgment. You know who helped me the most? My wife. I'll raise my hand, guilty, 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 guilty. Lazy, lazy, lazy. Until my wife helped me to see what it is to be an industrious person. I'm not lazy now. I used to be but I had to grow, I had to change. Being diligent in the word of God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately, accurately handling the word of truth. So, of course, we want to see more literates. And as Paul said to the brothers there from Ephesus, and now I commend you to God and to the word of His grace which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among those who are sanctified. Guys, there's a lot more to this story. But I want you to think about this. Just even in the little few minutes we've had here of God working in and through, that the gospel really does make a difference. Not only in light of eternity, but in light of the now. And it's not like Papua New Guinea's unique. That's a rough situation to be living in. The food quest is on 24-7, 365, and yet they live with eternity in view. Humbly walking with the Lord in that context. And maybe you've heard snippets of this, but here's Miley again. He's one of the godly, he's one of our pastors. He's one of the godliest human beings I've ever met in my life. Gentle, humble. Can he preach? Can he love? Can does he know how to shepherd? Dwelling with people according to knowledge. I wish I had time to tell you. Just how they do it and the way that it's done. It's just absolutely amazing. I learned tons. So we had some graduates from our training center in Missouri come to Papua New Guinea and actually visit. Actually visit these guys. They were no longer PowerPoint figures. Now they were in the flesh. So some of the guys I had helped teach there at the MTC, they come to Basodio a couple years ago. And they're a few years back and they're seeing it firsthand. And they meet with Miley. And they say, Miley, do you have a word for people back home? They had their iPhones. How do I know what he said? I transcribed it right off the iPhone. I have, over, I have hours and hours and hours and hours. They had their iPhones popping for two full days. Q&A, Q&A, and and a with these tribal pastors. He said this. Yes, living in the land of Papua New Guinea is very difficult. You living in America have life somewhat nicer and you have many various things. But you cannot allow yourself to be like living inside a prison regarding having such a life in many things. You in America have very many material things. You have money, cars, and various things. But you cannot be placing your confidence in those things or be lusting after them. But rather consider if whether you are thirsting for obeying God's word like you would thirst for water. That's how they're doing it. And God is responding. God is responding, I'm telling you what. I am saying these things to strengthen you and to help you. He wasn't trying to condemn it. Oh, he wasn't trying to put himself above or anything like that. Just trying to exhort and strengthen and encourage. I am saying these things to strengthen you, but you too help us by praying for us here in Papua New Guinea as, you, as we work together in this difficult work. And we too, in helping you, will pray for you so that you will do God's work well too. And when all the people in all the corners of the world have finally heard God's talk, and after Jesus comes for us again, and we are all finally together in heaven, what a wonderful, indescribable time that will be. Look where his focus is. Eternity, man. It's how the story ends that matters. It's how the story ends. With the lamb on the throne. Think about the... Think about that metaphor. Like, what's wrong with that metaphor? A lamb on the throne? How did the Greco, the Roman Greco mind handle that one, or even the Jewish mind, for that matter? The paradox, the God of paradox. Okay, to get this done, let me just do an analogy. Let me just do a bit of a picture from, from our culture. Think, think, think what's happened in our culture. Look, I've studied social media for years and years and years, and how social media... Is impacting human beings. And I've learned from all kinds of people. Dr. Michael Wesch from Kansas State University, he's like at the cutting edge of this stuff. I learned, I learned from those guys. Nothing against selfies. Stay with me here. In 2013, just a few years ago, it was word of the year. Well, that's not the first time selfie came out, it came out in 2009. But why was it chosen? Why was it chosen as the word of the year? Because its usage increased 17,000%. Look what's happening in our culture. Put your thinking cap on. My Yahoo, my Verizon, my device, my Facebook, YouTube. Broadcast yourself. Do you see a pattern here? Like, where's the focus? So again... These MTC graduates come over and they're they're visiting and they visit with Tsutawama, one of our main pastors, again, like our Apostle Paul. And these are dear and precious guys. They're doing their own language. They're in a a very difficult language right now in New Guinea called Wantakia. But these guys are really booking it. These three families are doing great. But prior to coming with their families, these three guys came over just by themselves. And now again, they came into Besodia and they're visiting, and they say to Tsutu'uma, Tsutu'uma, Help us to understand, how have you helped plant these other churches? You've never been to Bible school. How, how is it you're discipling others? How is it that people in other tribes know about you? What's going on? And he's a super humble guy. If you see him physically, he's not very Impressive but he he carries moral authority because he lives the life. He's the the real deal here. And you know what his humble reply was? It was this. When you serve others not thinking of yourself, your your heart is light, free, and full of joy, and God keeps giving you insight into living. What? Now Molia chimes in. He says, yeah, George. Don't you recall what the scripture says? God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And we find when we walk with him in childlike faith, here's what God does. He just keeps giving, 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 giving. We have all kinds of insight into living. You could have heard a pin drop. You could have heard a pin drop. These guys are, two of these guys, graduates from the, I think, two of them from the University of Arkansas. These guys got degrees. They're brilliant. And yet, the Lord, speaking through Tuduamma, and it's a challenge to my own heart. I want to close with this. And this is even for me. This is for all of us as we think, and I just talk to the pastor about increasing the vision you already have, obviously, but just going deeper and deeper with the Lord. Think of this. In John chapter 1, the scriptures record the first question Jesus ever asked anyone. As he started ministry, after he started ministry, John the Baptist sees him walking. There he is, the Lamb of God, the Lamb of God. Two of the disciples leave John and they follow the Lord Jesus. And they're following, following, following. And the Lord Jesus turns and he simply says to them, what do you seek? Isn't it interesting, in Genesis, the first question is, Adam, where are you? Here, the first question is, what are you seeking? Man, guys, put your name in that. If the Lord turned around and said, John, what are you seeking? Susan, what are you seeking? I I don't know any of you. I'm just calling out names here. Mary, what are you seeking? Ellen, what are you seeking? What are you seeking? Man, I'll tell you what, doing some Good heart surgery here and letting the Lord just opening up. No, we have a Savior that loves us. He's for us. I mean, in every sense of the word, there's nothing, nothing that he is not sufficient for. And I, I just want to leave you with that challenge. As you think about this area here, your own walk with the Lord, man, just be open, walking in the light. Continue to go deeper and deeper with him. And consider how would you answer that question? If he were to turn in you and say, George, what what are you seeking? Okay, my dear friends, I better leave it there. But it has been my privilege to share what God is doing, at least amongst some part of the world, amongst the nations, and they really are rejoicing. They really are glad. I want to thank you guys, too, as a local assembly, and I just challenge you, man, continue to pray, support, letters of encouragement, emails of encouragement, or whatever. Um, We're in this together, and it is a team effort. It cannot and will not be done without the local churches. Um, Yeah. Okay, let me close in prayer, I suppose. Pastor, was there anything else? Okay. Lord, thank you for this fellowship. Thank you for my brothers and sisters. Thank you for your testimony amongst the Basodios and other people. It's not just them, of course, Lord. Thank you for giving us yourself. Thank you for your unbelievable patience, love, mercy that you've poured into each of our lives. Lord, as we have freely received, help us also to freely give for your sake, for the gospel's sake, and for the eternal blessing of multitudes. In your precious name, amen.